Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who loves a good list that ruins things. It's Frank. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, buddy? I am also pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good to quote you. Sometimes you say that. Um, I do. Yeah, Frank. What are you uh, doing today? What are you drinking today? What are What are your general appetites for life today? You know the usual questions. Wow. Yeah, that's that got heady. Um, heady well, like a I'm beer. I'm enjoying. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, oh, like, oh. A, like a like a bad pour. Yeah. Um, I am having a sidekick Hellas Lager. Uh, from my local brewery, Stoneface Brewing Company, here in New Hampshire. Nice, nice. I saw a, a thing today, like a like a British person like lists every state, and he's like, the thing that this makes this state famous in New Hampshire's was uh, New Hampshire's famous for not being anything like the other Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that's probably true, actually. Uh, probably. If I knew anything about the other Hampshire, I would I would probably agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are you drinking? Uh, Frank, I'm drinking a Sam Adams cold snap, um, which is ironic because we've had exactly one cold snap, and it is not right now. I can promise you that. Um, but it was it was plenty cold. It, it was, was cold plenty for the whole cold. Uh, I did not have cold snap when it was that plenty cold. But you know what? It's okay. It's been a very mild winter. Here in New England, which I will probably say is probably going to be more par for the course or more normal than we than of our youths. But, you know, what are you going to do about it? Recycle. That's what, Frank. Anyway, let's recycle some jokes and some content to save the planet here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anytime we put on a anytime we re, have to use an old episode, that should be the tag. Like we're saving the planet by recycling this episode. <laughs> And should, We're doing our part. Why don't you? Why don't you listen to this episode you already listened to? Right. Um. Anyway, Frank, we're here to talk about Vin Diesel's giant guns. Uh, <laughs> in and by that I mean his arms. In this list from Screen Rant, which is the 15 things that instantly ruin a movie, according to Reddit users. Um. And so I would can like, I tell you? Yeah. When you, when you, you so this is like yeah a a, a graphic posted by Screen Rant and. Uh, it uh it it shows Vin Diesel 
in it, even though it has nothing really specifically to do with Vin Diesel. But all I could see at first was 15 things that instantly ruin a movie. And I was like, is Vin Diesel one of the things that instantly ruins a movie? <laughs> right. Like, understand. why is he on there? <laughs> Although I guess it, it his is supposed to be number five, which I, we will get to as we go down the list. Sure. So but at first I was like, why is he there? Like, I know, I guess he's hard to work with, but geez, geez, like that's tough. Miles Teller isn't on this list at all. Like he, but he Vin could Diesel be all fifteen of the things on this no, list. Oh probably. Now you know, I've come around to Miles Teller just because of the Top offer, Denver. which I didn't want to uh I didn't want to kill him in. I found him quite quite good. And Top Gun Maverick, which I also found him quite good and and non punchable. And well, so all I have to say is Fant for stick. Yeah, well, you know what? That movie doesn't exist anymore, probably, because of reasons that I can't think of. Like, I don't know, The Dark Times, The Empire, whatever. Like, that whatever. movie's... It shouldn't exist, so that's, that's yeah. fine by me. If he didn't... Well, I was going to say he didn't make it, but I mean, he was in it. But you know what? If I got a rag on him, I also have to rag on Toby Kebbell, who's great. Um, I would assume, well, unless something came out in the news before we recorded this po- after we recorded <laughs> this podcast. Then he's not great, as the disclaimer goes. They're great. Unless something happened, then they're not great, apparently. Anyway, um, 15 things that instantly ruin a movie, Frank, according to Reddit users. Should we start at number 15 and count count down? Okay. Uh, yeah, if you want to do that, we can start at number 15. Number 15, falling in love too fast. I can't help falling in love too fast. <laughs> um. When I first read that, I was like, wow, that's harsh. And then I thought about it, and I said, no, that does annoy me, actually. It is annoying. Yeah. You know what it is? It didn't annoy me before I was, like, I actually fell in love, you know, and I mm. got married. And, like, uh, like, and then you, like, work at love and relationships and all that stuff. But, like, so, but as a kid or, you know, I guess, or as a, a non-mature adult, Falling in love too fast didn't bother me because I didn't have the weight of experience to for it to not bother me. Right. Sure. Yeah. That that makes sense. It didn't it didn't bother you. Why would it bother you if you didn't have the anything to uh to compare you didn't have reality to compare the stories to, right? Right. Right. Um does it bother you falling in love too fast? Uh yeah, it certainly can. Um I would say I think about um, I don't know why the first thing that comes to my mind is is the Zack Snyder Watchmen film where I just sort of feel like that that happens kind of quickly between Silk Spectre two and uh, Night Owl, Owl. yeah Night Owl Man um, uh, Owl Man is uh, Earth three Batman Earth, yeah villain okay. yeah it was that was kind of a, it was kind of a tongue in cheek oh, uh, oh, oh, oh say it again Owl, I'll be I'll allow Owl Nightman. Yeah. Um, the dark owl, nice, the dark owl detective. Uh, yeah, no, that felt like it just felt right. I mean, and it's like, how are you going to condense a 12 issue maxi series into a two and a half hour movie? Like, obviously it had to be quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's something you notice, right? You clock it. And so, yeah, I, I, that definitely is something that, um, that can, that can kind of take you out of a movie. Um, uh, number 14. Mm-hmm. Breaking up because of misunderstandings, that actually really bothers me. Oh, really? Because that doesn't bother me at all. Oh, man. In a movie where it's just like a simple conversation or like, or like, not even, a, it's like, 
continuing that conversation, like asking one more question. Like, what do you mean by that? Or whatever. Like, sure. So, uh, when it's just a, a, a like, the dialogue doesn't doesn't really ring true because like the point of the scene is for them to misunderstand or whatever. Um, that kind of stuff really just like that's not how it would actually go. Okay, so I can so yes and no. So like if the if it's not constructed well, I'd say that goes for like all of these things. Well, uh, like yeah. that you know that's sure. But like the crux of a conflict, any conflict is misunderstanding, right? I don't understand yes. your point of view, your worldview. So if so, if everybody just understands, there is no conflict. I'm talking about, and I and I I take this number fourteen on the list to mean uh, when people break up because oh, so like, uh, they, like the ex girlfriend comes over and it looks like they were making out, but he exactly. goes, no, 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 and like you're a jerk, and that then like kind of stuff. Where sure, it's like come on that. The converse, you know, if the conversation had gone on for thirty more seconds, this would have been cleared up. Sure. Um, but the movie required them to not. <laughs> yeah, well, they um, had to play the five for fighting song, the sad five for fighting song, or whatever. There you as, go. Like they kicked the can walking down the street. Yes. So right, I'm sure I've done this on the show before, but like I've gone through my romantic comedy, but my made up romantic comedy before. Have I? Yes. Yeah, I remember. I remember it. I remember talking about you've got mail, and then you talking about your orange. You glad we met? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My famous, my famous romantic comedy, orange. You glad we met? Yeah, but like that breaking up because of a misunderstanding is the is in that movie because that that's part of the. It doesn't bother me. I guess it depends on the genre because like if I'm watching ah. a romantic comedy. I know that's just part of the makeup of the genre, so I expect yeah. that to happen. Like, I expect the, like, I don't know, the superhero to question their ability to save people or whatever. Or for them to, in fact, save the day. You know, like, I expect that to happen as part of the genre. I expect there to be a simple miscommunication that would not actually happen in real life unless you based mm -hmm. your entire life off of romantic comedies. Sure. Um, sure. So I, yep. But I can understand why it bothers people. Um, 13, 13 is a totally different direction. Bad sound design. Um, which I don't, I don't think this bothers me. Truthfully, I'm I'm trying to think of an example where where it was bad enough to bother me. Um, yeah, I mean, I've heard forgettable sound design. No, sure, I I um, it's not on here, so it's not really sound design. It's more sound mixing. But like, I I can't stand when like the music is louder than the dialogue. Like and oh, it's sure. not for a dramatic effect. Like if I can't hear the characters talking to one another, that yeah, yeah. actually bothers me. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. That's not I'm really sound to... design though. Yeah, no, it's not. Design is I, like I... a the sound just like the the laser being dumb and making and taking me out of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of an example of where where that took me out of the film. Um but uh I agree that things that are bad. Uh, are are bad. Um, number twelve, bad exposition. Um, this can, I, I, they're calling it bad exposition. I would say like very obvious exposition. You know, sure. when a conversation. As you know, Bob, this laser is uh, constructed entirely out of dilithium crystal. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, when it's very very like here is the here is the conflict. Here is the plot. Here is the thing that we need to accomplish. Um, in the, in the, in the, by the end of the movie, 
that yeah can can ruin a movie and make it sort of like okay this is very clumsily written the i don't necessarily mind bad exposition depending on the obviously the movie that like you know some movies you just expect it to be clumsy or whatever what i don't like is when the exposition doesn't end up lining with character motivations or character ah, things. So this was just pointed out. This was just pointed out to me in Black Adam by my friend Bobby, where they, uh, um, they like the whole Hawkman makes this huge point about like heroes don't kill people, and like earlier in the movie, or I think it was earlier in the movie, Doctor Fate is like goes to Black Adam as like surrender or die. And yeah. You're like, <laughs> like what are you like? What are you talking about? Like, so like those, those things don't match up with one yeah. another. And like that, yeah. that, bo- that bothers me. Like that's sure. your movie is 90 minutes long or whatever. Like surely out of all the times that you watch this in the editing room on the set, read the did, script, did whatever, no one, no one no connect one... those dots together and see. Yep. And then like, like, and it didn't reveal anything particular about the character, so it wasn't important to the plot. So, right. yeah, it was that. Yep. Yeah, yep. that that frustrates me in so entirely. Um, number eleven, does shaky cam bother you um, when the camera shakes and all around? Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't. I don't think it bothers me nearly as much as it bothers other people. I, I heard. I have heard people complain about this in, you know, uh, in, in action films and in, in, you know. One that comes to mind is Man of Steel. That's not one of the things that Man of Steel that bothers me at all. No. Um, I I wouldn't say that I even really noticed it until it was pointed out to me. Sure. Yeah, I think it depends on how shaky you're talking. Like, if it's, like, found footage, and I'm watching The Blair Witch Project or Cloverfield or something like that, I'm like... Yeah, you expect it there. Yeah, and, and like, it, like, gets you after a while. But, like, that's kind of the point of it. Like, but, like, a like shaky cam all the time can just be like, okay... Just keep it still for a little while. I can understand. It doesn't really ruin the movie I for guess. me. I mean, even in, like, the 2009 Star Trek, there's a lot of shaky cam. Again, didn't notice until it, it was pointed out to me. Yeah. Um, doesn't really doesn't really phase me. I'm also not one for – I don't really um, struggle with, like, motion sickness or anything. So it, sure. just, it wouldn't it – wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't bother me. Yeah, I do get motion sick, but it doesn't really bother me that way. And truthfully, the – point of a good shaky cam is for you to feel like you're in on the action yeah or that you're like intimate like and you're like filming yourself like on your phone or the camcorder or whatever so like like a good shaky cam hides the flaws but also makes you feel like you're in it so i think when like i like it more than i dislike it i think yeah yeah I think for me, it's it's it it fades into the like a good score. It sort of just fades into the background. It just gives me the the feelings that I'm supposed to feel of like feeling like I'm there or or feeling you know the the tension of of what's happening. But I don't really notice what's making me feel that way. And, mm-hmm. and that way, it's doing its job. Totally. Uh, number ten, background fighters. I truthfully don't know what this means exactly, apart from bad fight choreography. In I the think that's what they mean. Yeah, like background actors who are doing bad fight choreography. I don't notice good fight choreography. I don't know anything about martial arts. I don't know. I, I have it's an art form that I am sufficiently versed in to really know the difference between good and bad. And I uh, am embarrassed to admit that, but I will freely admit that. No, I mean, it means you enjoy more things. So it's not a terrible, not a terrible thing. I don't think 
background, bad background fighting bothers me because it normally, like, it is in the background. You're not really supposed to focus on it. So if it's just okay, like, I'm not looking for it anyway. Um, but bad fight choreography does bother me. Like, there's a, a the scene in The Dark Knight um, Rises um, where um, Batman is saving John Blake, like, in the crumbly bridge section and snowing yeah, yeah. out and stuff like that. You can, like, see a dude waiting his turn to attack oh, Batman. You right? have said this before, yes. Yeah. And so, like, that bothers me because like that's the main action that i'm supposed to be watching right it's not and, background no it's not and like he's obviously waiting his turn and right. so like that i don't love but it doesn't ruin a movie for me very little, few yeah. things actually ruin a movie for me maybe mm -hmm. it will by the time we get to number one though who's to say maybe number nine is product placement i definitely notice product placement more than i used to i think it's also getting more blatant in in films than it used to be Sure. Uh, it used to just be like, you know, here's here's a, here's an Apple computer with the Apple logo on it. But now it's like, here's a superhero going through a billboard that says Walmart on it. Um, I mean, yes and no. I mean, like, doesn't like Superman fly through the Coca-Cola sign in 19? Sure. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, whatever, absolutely. you know, so uh, the people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. The people on on the American Expressway on the Peter Pan bus. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> that's then and now. Right. Um, yeah, true. Yeah. The product placement doesn't really bother me because, like, if it gets too big of a thing, then you, like, then the movie starts to make fun of it. And so, yeah. and, like, truth, like, product placement, like, I find it weird. I So, to me, it's weirder when, like, somebody goes to a bar and they're like, give me a beer. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one, sir? This right. is a bar. It's not how it works. Do you want it on tap? Do you want do you want a bottle? Do you want imported? Do you want local? Like what do you want an IPA? Do you want a stout? Do you want a lager? Like give me yeah. a beer. It's that, not like water. You yeah. Know, you don't just say like get right. can I have a glass of water. Right. So I think the lack of product placement in certain things is actually more annoying yeah. than the product placement itself. If someone's like, Give I me see that. give me a Coke, I'm like because okay. you're a, a you exist in the real or a regular world sure. where Coca-Cola exists. Like, sure. Gotcha. That's better for that's better to yeah. me. Yeah. It's not always bad either. Like in Back to the Future Part Two, when Marty says, Give me a Pepsi free, like that's clever. That's funny. Like, hey, if you want a Pepsi, you're gonna pay for it. Like that's right. funny. And that's integrated well. Um and it doesn't ruin the movie in the least no no that's actually a good example of it being used well that's a good one uh, number eight is surviving explosions um mm. i feel like this is really this is movie or character dependent so like if like if wolverine survives an explosion i'm like yeah right well on, yes he's freaking yes. wolverine okay I think, I think what they're talking about is a human you know being overpowered or whatever sure and, yeah and, sophie it, from sophie's choice survives an explosion and i'm like okay, well, well well, does she? Well, yeah. Was there an explosion in that movie? I don't know. I don't know why that's, that's the one that came into my head. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we're talking more about like an action hero. Sure. Who can, you know, run through explosions and, and, and nothing, you know, or, or like, you like know, James, know, Bond James Bond. Or, Bond. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Truthfully, that doesn't really bother me because like none of the, all action is like hyper stylized. The fighting, like yeah. nobody fights like people do in action movies. Like the amount of time it sure. takes you to spin around and do the thing. I'll never forget my friend 
Jessica in in elementary and middle school. We were talking when we were kids, like when Phantom Menace had just come out. Um, it's just like 1999 or whatever. And we're talking about Qui-Gon's death spoilers. And, um, and, uh, and Lucasfilm spoiled it way before you. You're did. right. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid CD track that ruins a movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's number one. But, um, uh, she had said, you know, he probably would have survived. If he wasn't spinning around so much. <laughs> and that has, that has stayed with me since I was a kid. Like, cause it's a tiny bit true. If you'd stopped spinning around, maybe you wouldn't be surprised by what was, like, behind you by the time your eyes came back to the fight. And so, like, I don't care if, like, people survive explosions most of the time or not. If it's, like, supposed to be real, like, really realistic. Like, if I'm watching, let's give me a really realistic movie, Frank. Like, really down punch gut realism, like... I don't know. This is so weird. So weird a choice. But if I'm watching Doubt, you know, like and like this nun walks into the convent or whatever and it explodes and she just walks out or is like, I just happen to be in a barrel, I'd be like, All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or sure. Frank, even more, does it depend on the type of explosion? Because are you okay with Indiana Jones? like surviving a nuclear okay. explosion that's or an a atomic perfect bomb. example that's a perfect example the nuking the fridge thing is a perfect example of like guys you took it too far i think that i think that that is like jumping the shark that can be jumping the shark where it's like guys come on at what point is this getting ridiculous like mm-hmm. like yes it's a the whole thing is fantastical the whole so much of what he does you know is uh is is exaggerated but like at a certain point it's like he got in the fridge and that he survived a nuclear. Well, really? Okay. I guess, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff I, that mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like that to me that can, that can maybe not completely ruin a movie, but definitely take me out of it and make me be like, seriously, you want yeah. me to, you want me to suspend disbelief at this? Degree? Okay. Yeah. But like, really? My, my suspension only goes so far. There's only so yeah. much tension there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Number seven, the uncanny Valley. Does okay, it really? Yes. Yeah, it does. It really. It, it really. It, it really can. Yeah. I. Um, I. Rogue One. Yep. Oh, sure. I love that movie. I love that movie. But um, and we we had this conversation when the movie came out that the Peter Cushing stuff was just uncanny enough to, for me where it was like, oh, I can tell, like I can see it. It's really good. It's really close, but it's just not quite there. And I remember you saying at the time. That you knew people who didn't know that he had passed, yep, and didn't even phase them. So, like, there's definitely some of that of like knowing you knew he is, was is not right. alive, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but then like Carrie Fisher at the end of the movie that I thought was really not very good. No, that um, one that one bothered me way more than Peter Cushing's yeah, grandma. That one bo- it does bother me way more. It does, yes, yeah. And I truthfully, I think I I go in a different direction, and I think of like um, the Polar Express, where I'm oh, like, I yeah. know none of it's real. Like it doesn't even look real, but it's still so it's creepy. weird and it's, creepy. It's creepy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Uncanny Valley is it should for me would be way higher on the list um, because like I don't like the Polar Express. I think almost like because of the like mm. the the creepiness of it, and so um, and not mm-hmm. all of them are like like I think like Christmas Carol like does it a little bit better. It doesn't like focus on their eyes the same way. Sure, but sure. Anyway, it's no good. Um, number six is smart kids. 
uh, smart kids in a story um, doesn't bother me at all. I actually kind of like it when there's a kid that's really smart. Um, I know it's not always potentially hyper, like it's not really realistic, but like I was a big fan of smart guy growing up. Um, okay. And, yeah, so, there you go. and so I like, I like, like, I guess like what is the level of smart kid, you know, and where does that like, where do you consider like where does well, it drop off? Where do you feel? I mean, do, do can you see a scenario where like the kid is too smart to be plausible? Sure. Yeah. But you know, but I, it depends on what I'm watching at the same time. So like game of Thrones, there's a, the, I can't remember the character's name. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, um, she's like a really, she's like the ruler and she's really smart. She's the girl that's on the last of us right now. And I cannot remember her character's name. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. At all. I knew she was from game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. But, and she was great. And she was like such a crowd pleaser. And I loved that, how smart she was, but I was also watching a show about dragons and zombie and ice zombies and stuff. So like, I don't care if there's a smart kid. Well, yeah, I think genre always, always matters, right? Because yeah. it's the kind of thing of like, okay, yeah, if I can suspend this belief enough to believe a man can fly, then I can believe that people don't recognize him with glasses on. Like, sure. the genre matters. Um, but, you know, it, there are cases where if it's supposed to be somewhat realistic and a kid is too smart to be believable or people are surviving explosions or whatever, it can be sort of like, all right, like, again, you're you're stretching the my my ability to suspend disbelief. Is there a movie um, that you're thinking of or a show where you're like that kid's too smart? I'm I'm I can't think of a specific, but but when I see this, I'm like, this is not one that. If you asked me to name 15 things, this would not have come to me unprompted. Mm-mm. But when you say it, I'm like, all right, I can see how someone would, could find that uh, annoying. Um, I, there's lots of reasons to, to dislike short round. Sure, but he's not. He's being. He's not super smart. He's, he's just not, a kid. He's not, I guess. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't. I'm. I'm. I am struggling to think of of a specific example. Like I said, this wouldn't have come up for me at all. But I mm-hmm. guess if someone finds it annoying, I can. I can see it. Sure. Um, number five is where the Vin Diesel picture comes in. I think protagonist invincibility. Um, so I'd assume this is a Fast and the Furious reference where they just can like do anything. Yeah. Where they can, I mean, like, this kind of goes along with surviving script. explosions. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah. Well, it doesn't... Again, it's genre-dependent because, like, I know James Bond is going to survive. I know Spider-Man's going to be okay. Even if, like, he blips out of existence for five years, I know Spider-Man's coming back. Like, that's that's part of the genre. Like, um, like and... Yeah. You can specifically talk about genre here because this doesn't exist in like just realistic fiction, you know, like right, protagonist right, right, So I just like I feel like you just kind of know what you're getting into with some things. Like, and if they're the hero, so if they're the protagonist. Yeah, they're kind of invincible. Yeah, this is one that I I don't really find. I, I, yeah, I I agree with you on this. That like this is a criticism that's leveled against superheroes a lot. It's definitely leveled against my beloved Superman a lot that like, well, it's boring. Cause he is no, he's going to always survive. And it's like, is that, does that make it boring? Does that really make it boring for like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I guess if you're only really interested in the end game and like, you don't care about character arcs or development or anything that makes stories interesting besides yeah. explosions. But then like, if that's what you're actually interested in, then like you, should be aware that your character's invincible like i don't know like 
I don't know, Luke Skywalker takes out one of the two most, like, two, two of the most feared people in the galaxy by swinging wildly like a blind man with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I'm sorry. Like, is that not, like, is, but that is not interesting, like, in its own way. So that doesn't really, that doesn't bother me. Whatever. I know that's what you're walking into most protagonists being invincible. And when they're not, wow, what a nice surprise. But, True. like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's like you're watching a movie with James Bond's name on it. He's probably going to make it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's a great point. Their name is freaking in the title. They're probably going to make it. And if they don't, they're probably coming back. Right. Right. James um, Bond will return. Correct. Um, number four is Passwords. This doesn't ruin a movie for me, but I do find password descriptions funny. Yeah. And when people are guessing passwords, it's like, you know, try try his birthday. Try, you know, whatever. His what mother's maiden name, one, two, three, four. Um, yeah. Peggy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. always go to Batman and Robin. That's but yes. that's always my. Yeah. Uh, that's the. Exactly. That's the that, it's like, really? Hey. Um, but you know what? That's a now our passwords are like, you know, you know, like if you're like good at password, you should be good at password encryption. It's like a bunch of random letters and symbols and stuff. And you just have to remember what they are. Like, it can't always be like, like lantern 81. You know, like, yeah. But even that, like, let's say mine was lantern 81, which I truly theoretically, I, completely theoretically, definitely not your Gmail password right now. It's definitely not. But I think it was my email password in high school. It was like one of the auto generated ones. It was definitely oh, lantern nice. something. I don't know what the numbers were. Um, but, uh, like, why would you ever guess that? So even then, like, that's so random. Like you could. Why like, would you ever guess? That? You could yeah. look around my office for hours, and like, un, like, and unless you like, maybe happen to be like, well, there's some Green Lantern books on the shelf, and then like, just do a random combination of numbers and maybe land on it. Lantern zero one, Lantern zero two, Lantern right, zero. Right, exactly, exactly. So yeah, passwords don't don't bother me. It's because it's more troublesome when like people get it in three tries. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's more annoying. Um, number three is Miss Martha. Martha. Right, it's not password, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, number three is miscasting. Um, this can absolutely take somebody, like, take me out of a movie, especially for genre movies. Like, non-genre movies, it can be like, well, this person wasn't as good as, you know, you had hoped or whatever. But, like, it, but, but, like if, you know, I don't think of a weird example. If they cast, like... Oh, man, now I can't think of a weird example. I don't know. Vin Diesel as, I don't know, Alfred Pennyworth. Mm. I'd be like, what a weird freaking choice that was, and I can't get behind it. So I, so I can, miscasting is definitely, can definitely ruin a movie for sure. Sure. Yeah. Or, you know, if, uh, if you just completely pulling this out of thin air, but, if you cast Miles Teller as Reed Richards, maybe that, that might be. Maybe that's maybe that's a uh, bad casting on that. Maybe part. that's yeah. not really. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Um, number two is villain uh, villains motives, which is truthfully, I feel like really high on the list. Like, yeah, I feel like it's too high on the list, and I feel like it. 
I could agree with it if it was like villains monologuing or something, but just villains mode, like villains having motives, or like villain, you, you don't like the villains' motives, like that. I feel like is too high on the list. What I can't feel is like so, the villains, uh, a villain's motive may, maybe won't ruin a movie for me, but a undecipherable motive that totally. might ruin it for me. Like, like totally. what is your objective exactly? Like, why are you to there? Rule what the are world. you doing? Ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, even that though, at least I know that's what the motive is. Like they want to rule the world. Okay, I can get behind that. But like but like how are you planning on doing that? Or like if yeah, I don't know. I guess a generic motive can ru- can ruin it. A generic motive or a motive that doesn't really like okay you want to rule the world so that's why you built this giant laser you know like if the thing doesn't really connect Mm -hmm. um sure i I don't know like i i'm gonna go back to my my punching bag of black adam um where like there's there was intergang and they controlled kundak because they were doing a thing and they were bringing the guy back and then Sabak back probably he controlled intergang but but then like what does everybody else in intergang get out of that or like what where, where like where's the government at all because yeah. they weren't the government but the government just didn't seem to exist <gasps> excuse me well i don't know what sound that was but um yeah just a guy it was yeah. shock shock at, but yeah at my yeah. own words um but that that is definitely a, a movie killer for sure like Mm-hmm. Like I just like I get what your goal is, I guess, but it's not fleshed out. So like a non-fleshed yeah. out motive is more annoying than yep. anything. Um, and number one, Frank is darkness. When you can't mm-hmm. see what the heck is going on, this yes. is absolutely a, uh, this absolutely does ruin a movie. Yes, bring normalize and bring back filming during the day and putting a blue tint on the screen. <laughs> well, I don't know. But I wouldn't go that far. Do it. No, <laughs> it's fine. Good. I know it's no. supposed to be night. It's okay. Shooting day for night is always oh that I would put that above darkness. No, <laughs> that, absolutely that not. For me. Yes, no, I can see everything. I don't care. I know, but it looks terrible. I hate shooting day for night. It's it's terrible. I I, I do agree though. Like I I. I criticism of solo was that so much of it is is visually too dark to decipher what's really what's happening i th- yeah i heard I- that criticism a lot i think i think what this boils down to honestly is that these films are color corrected for theaters mm-hmm. um and it does not necessarily translate to your TV at home, nope. even if you have an HDR TV and an HD DVD player, all that. I will say though that that's starting to like. You mentioned The Last of Us earlier. That show looks fantastic, even in the dark. It even does. Scenes that take place in the dark, mm-hmm. it looks fantastic because I think it's like it's actually shot and color corrected in a way that is more compatible with today's TVs. Um, Which is good because takes... I mean, like, because the, there was a you didn't watch Game of Thrones, but there's an episode of Game of Thrones that was like supposed to be like this, like, like, like paramount huge battle, and you couldn't see ninety percent of it because it was yeah. so dark. And like, I watched it on a good TV, four K, good st- like stream high streaming rates, like good HDMI cable, the whole thing. And I'm like, I had no idea what was happening. And yeah. like that was made for my TV not right. for a theater. And so 
uh, yeah, my my wife and I watched the Batman a couple weeks ago. She had never seen mm-hmm. it, and like she was like, "It's good, but like I can't see half of what's happening." And I didn't even find that movie incredibly dark in comparison to a lot of other things. Like, sure. I, like you can see pretty much everything, and so yeah, I don't know. I think some people are more sensitive to it than others too. I think that, sure. that like in the same way that shaky cam bothers somebody, it might not bother me. Like I, I think that that things being in the dark. Uh, and it being hard to see bothers someone the same way that you were talking about before. Uh, the dialogue being too quiet compared to the music, not being able to hear it, it really takes you out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that that's number one, though. I don't. I wouldn't have put it at number one, but it's interesting that it's. Yeah, that it's I, you know, there. it might honestly, it might be my number one. It, mm. Yeah, it, not being able to hear and not being able to see, like those are the two mm-hmm. things I really rely on for a movie. So, I like, mean, if yeah, I'm that, watching it, a movie and I can't see anything... The that's, whole thing is being that, able to see it and hear it. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, if those two things don't happen, like, if those, if those two things are not good, then the rest of, it doesn't matter what's happening in the rest of the movie. No, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So, um, this is, actually, it's funny. I Sometimes these lists, they come out of nowhere or whatever, and you're like, I don't know how well this is going to go. But this was good, Frank. I enjoyed this very much. This was good. This was good. Um, I feel like if you... Had written this list somewhere on the list would have been like bad costumes. Oh sure, mm-hmm. yeah, bad costumes definitely. I don't know if it would ruin it, but I would definitely notice it. Bad production mm-hmm. design, yeah, bad actually. It's funny, like bad acting wasn't anything How was on bad here. Acting not on here, right? Like bad acting. I guess that maybe That's... that falls into miscasting, but like I guess well, not really. They could be a good actor, yeah, who is just not right for the role, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah. Yeah, bad acting and truthfully just a bad script, like a bad script. Yeah. Like, that can ruin a movie, like pretty I guess basic. exposition kind of maybe, on that, but yeah, yeah, but like just a like a like if the story isn't good, the story is king. Like sure. that's it's sure. like sure. every story is everything. If the story is not good, the rest of it doesn't matter. Well, I think things we've learned today is that uh, we like to see things. We like to hear things. And that uh, Miles Teller should not be in any movies. No, see, I, I guess I can't fully agree with that anymore. But I support your belief in being alive. I guess that's the what I'm breaking mm. down, what I'm putting down for you. Okay. Maybe it'll okay. depend on the next thing I see him in. I might, I might oscillate back and forth over here. But so far, okay. he's like. I don't like him in Whiplash, but I'm not really supposed to. But I like that movie sure. quite a lot, and sure. I liked him in The Offer, and I liked him in in Maverick, and so he's kind of winning right he's now. Growing on you, yeah, yeah, like a bad mold or something. But you know, he's yeah. still growing on me, so that's what's important. Yeah, Frank, where can the people find us? Uh, you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com. You can find us in any podcast app uh, that you like. You can rate and review us in that podcast app. Please do. Uh, you can subscribe to catch every episode. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. If you want to uh, help us to fund the things that keep this show going, you can find our other shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. And you can email us with your feedback at beerwithgeeks at gmail.com. Oh, that's very exciting. Thank you for saying that, Frank. Frank, I have something that is completely unrelated to everything that we talked about, but I uh, I want to see if you think it's real. Um, uh, I just got a text uh, from my friend Bobby. Um, 
Oh, it was written. It was written by AI. So never mind. Because it's uh the tag is James Gunn C A I. Somebody asked him who the villain will be, and he was like, "Great question. There are many villains in Superman Legacy, but the villain most focus on is Brainiac. We believe that we can bring a level of terror never before seen in a Superman movie, much more than Zod or Lex Luthor. We want the focus to be on Brainiac to make Superman seem vulnerable for the first time, since people really feel that Brainiac is as powerful as Superman." I won't say how this plot ends, but you will definitely love it, says James mm. Gunn, AI. That is ChatGPT's take on James Gunn. Yeah, you know, not bad, though. He's pretty polite, and ChatGPT definitely knew that Zod and Lex Luthor are overused. So, right. Yeah, right. So, right, right. we learned a lot from. So it's, I wonder if ChatGPT could make Miles Teller likable. Probably. I'm going to ask it right now. Don't go anywhere, Frank. Actually, you know what? This is a Patreon exclusive. You have to go to Patreon to find out. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Um, but anyway, Frank, it's, uh, um, um, it's great to see you as, uh, it's great to see you as always. I'm, I'm actually doing it right now. Can you make Miles Teller <laughs> likable? Ah, no. As a language model, I do not have the opinions or feelings, but I can provide information and observations about Miles Teller. Miles Teller is an American actor known for his roles in such films as Whiplash. Okay, this I don't need to read me the Wikipedia article. Some people might find him likable due to his acting ability and the characters he has portrayed on screen, while others might not find him as likable for a variety of personal reasons. Ultimately, whether you, whether or not someone finds Miles Teller likable is subjective and based on their own personal preferences and opinions. So what this tells me is that chat GPT is not exactly ready to take over the world and be our new overlord yet. It's not really ready for the truth is what you're saying. No, no, I can't handle the truth right now. Um, so Frank, anyway, great to see you as always. So until next time, cheers. Cheers.